Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 92 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, you might be feeling a little unqualified to do what God's calling you to do, but that may be a good thing. And we're going to be talking to Dr. Michelle Watson in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Welcome to episode 92 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, along with... Armin Asadi. Welcome back, Armin. How was your trip to L.A.? It was good. Not as uh, exciting as yours was, apparently. Uh, Where were you, Colorado? Well, I was in Colorado and then uh, New York City as well. Oh, no big Uh, deal. But I got snow (laughs) in Colorado, (laughs) and I think you got sunshine I got to see snow on top of the mountain. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. You can see distance. it from here. But yeah, but where you were at, it was sunny and warm, right? It was 73 degrees pretty much every day. All right. All right. Well, you know, some people have to live well. Hey, others. Somebody has to suffer for the cause of goodness, you know. You know, right now, there's one of our listeners, I'm sure, maybe at least one, <laughs> who's who's looking outside and there's snow on the ground. There? Fortunately, uh, there's not much here in Minnesota, but it is coming. Oh, not yet, but it's definitely coming. It's definitely. I saw it last night, it just trickling down. <laughs> uh, it was so painful. Well, as you know, Armin, uh, you were out last time, and I was in Denver for the National Coalition of Ministries to Men Conference. And what a terrific event. And mm. I, I love going every year. I happen to be the president of the organization, but it's just so great to meet so many people and to get so many leaders together from across the country. Well, I met this lady, Dr. Michelle Watson. And she gave a presentation there. You'll hear about this. It's called an Ed Talk. It's a very abbreviated presentation, but uh, she just knocked it out of the park. Hmm. And when I got to talking to her about her story, I instantly said, listen, come on our podcast. So we put together a makeshift studio there in Denver. <laughs> and that's what I want. I want to introduce you to Michelle by way of this podcast, Armin, and, and just have you listen to what she had to say about her own transition and the work that she's doing with girls helping fathers actually figure out how to reach into the heart of their daughters. And it's something that was kind of near and dear and really touched me. So let's get right into this interview. All right, let's get it. Well, I'm here in our makeshift studios in Denver, Colorado with Dr. Michelle Watson. Welcome to the Reinventory podcast. Thank you. I'm excited so, to be here. Well, I am too. You gave just an outstanding presentation here at this conference. We have these things called Ed Talks, which are 10-minute presentations, and you gave one. What was the title of it? Messages on Mirrors. Oh, yeah, right. And I loved it because you talked about how women get their affirmation from... What was Inanimate objects. Inanimate objects. Yeah, goes all the way back to Snow White and that evil stepmother who would ask the mirror every day, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah, and then, so what did you tell the audience when you, just give that, because I think that was just brilliant. Well, just saying that here you have a powerful woman who is asking an inanimate object to define whether or not she's beautiful. And I'm saying girls are still asking that question 
every single day, often asking that question, am I beautiful of inanimate objects, whether it be the size on the scale, the number on the jeans, comparing themselves to the picture on the magazine that's been airbrushed. Yeah, and us guys, we don't, we, you know, we don't even look in the mirror. Totally. Or if we do, we we have a totally distorted view. <laughs> Everything's okay. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, listen. Let's. Why are we talking about this? Because you are the mm-hmm. founder of the ABBA Project, and why don't you tell our listeners what that's all about? Sure. Well, it's a a nine month group forum for men who have daughters between the ages of 13 and 30, who gather once a month for nine months, school year, to learn how to more intentionally and consistently dial in to their daughter's hearts. Now get that. That's what stood out to me here. This woman is reaching out to guys to say, hey, if you want to talk to your daughters and get inside their hearts, this is how you do it. And you have all kinds of things that you equip them to do that with, right? And you're the author of a book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide to Connecting with Your Daughter's Heart. What a wonderful title, really. I mean, that puts it right out there. Guys want to know what's this book going to be about, and that's It's all there. It's a guide, right? I know it's long, but it's all there. It's all there, right. (laughs) So it hasn't always been that way for you. You've been doing counseling for girls for 35 years, right? Mm -hmm. And uh some time ago, you came up with this idea for the ABBA project. Yeah. And this is a podcast about what's next in life. And so while I'm fascinated by the journey you're on, and I really think you're on to something with the work that you're doing, it hasn't always been that way, right? Right, right. Absolutely. So let's rewind in time for a bit back to December of 2009. Yes. That's right. Okay. Yep. So something happened back then yeah. that caused a course shift for you. Yeah. Talk about that. Okay. Well, I'm going to back up even to June of 2009, because I think whoever's listening to this may be in a place of transition. I mean, I think we always are if we want to grow. Yeah, our first podcast was was the question you should never stop asking is, what do you want to be when you grow up? There you go. And we think you should always ask that question. I love that. So it was another, again, random thing. I go to a worship conference here in Colorado Mm -hmm. in June of 2009, and I know we're all at different places of hearing the voice of Jesus or the voice, you know, even though John 8 says, my sheep hear my voice, mm-hmm. you know, right there, John 8 through 10. But when I was at this conference, I got the sense, I heard that it was a time of clearing things away mm-hmm. and that I was to, to not be speaking for a while, not be teaching, not, you know, it was the only things he was letting me keep were worship leading and counseling. Okay. So I have a private practice in counseling in yeah. Portland, Oregon, where I live and had no idea why. And it was this really interesting six months. So then that's the little bit of a backstory. So I think anytime we're at a place where things are not opening, you know, I'm a firstborn type A plus, my friends tell me. I want everything yesterday. <laughs> so to have everything closing, stopping, kind of a, a stoplight sure. from God. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how yet, did you see that stoplight? So to, what were the indicators for you that it was like, wait a minute, time to stop going so fast, time to uh-huh. change course. How did that appear in your life? Well, for me, I was at this worship conference. So I walk in the first night and it was one of those things where the minute I walked into the foyer, I just felt this thick presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I go in and they had a worship team that I did not know one song for an entire hour. So it wasn't this high worship Mm -hmm. time, if you Mm -hmm. will, in the sense of engaging in it. Mm -hmm. And yet there was something about the atmosphere there in the spirit realm that I think God was speaking to me in a way that I heard him so loud and clear. And that night, four things I just heard during worship. Michelle, I want you to give up writing a book. I want you to give up publishing your research that I'd done on eating disorders and 
females and mm-hmm. for unforgiveness of the self. And mm-hmm. I want you to give up speaking. And then the next day it was, I want you to give up adjunct faculty at a college where I was teaching an eating disorder. So a lot of the things that were kind of anchored goals for you. Yes. Writing a book and being an yes. adjunct professor and all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? The research that you've already poured a lot of time into, you're already invested in. Yeah. You're getting this sense that that's a cul-de-sac now. That's not a bridge. Oh, that's good. You should do this for a living. (laughs) Absolutely. And again, I think part of the fun, I'm one of those lion otters that said, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. So I really say that word strategically. I think part of the fun of being in relationship with a triune God who's always in relationship with each other and never do anything apart from each other and include us in that Mm -hmm. and want us to participate with them is that they're always up to something. And so it's on a need-to-know basis. If I don't need to know, they're not going to tell me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. We like to know. Give me all the non-disclosure stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, just let me in on all the stuff you've got planned, right? And, yeah. yeah. Which is my natural bent. So you, you went to this worship experience where you felt like, okay, so all of a sudden, the things that I've been pursuing in my life have mm-hmm. to be put on hold. Yeah. You came away from that. What did you do? So the only two things that I had left that I sensed that he told me I could keep were worship leading and counseling. And so those were what I continued to do. And I wouldn't call it a restless season because I'm thankfully at the age finally where I don't fight the father anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm so over that. I'm 55 now. It's Mm -hmm. like, come on, Michelle, if I haven't figured that out by now, (laughs) instead of throwing my little tantrums because he doesn't do it my way, I'm like, Mm -hmm. like I have a clue anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So more settling into, I wonder why. He's got to, there's some purpose. Mm -hmm. Rather than he's taking it away, it's like, I wonder what he's doing. But literally, Larry, no clue. Mm. Like I wasn't even dreaming dreams. So you you had the brakes put on, right? Yep. And I'm imagining getting to know you a little bit. You're kind of this driven Mm -hmm. type A person. So putting something on hold isn't like necessarily putting something on hold. It's like a real sense of a stop, a break, a hard stop, right? Okay. Which has to be a little bit unsettling. And so you're drifting a little bit, I'm guessing, during these next few days trying to re-anchor and figure out what all that's about, right? Yes and no, because at at this conference, our team of five men and two women that went to this, me and another gal that I mentored, I can remember at dinner, I shared it with all the guys Mm -hmm. and my one friend and And one of them said, aren't you going to wait for God to confirm that? Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? He He told me to give it up. (laughs) Why would I not just do it? And the girl I mentored said, I've never forgotten that. Yeah, it's like we might hear that God is impressing something on our heart and we want to go to get a second opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you took a risk, right? You put the professorship on hold, Mm -hmm. you put your book writing on hold, and you focused just on counseling. And so... Something, though, began to be birthed inside of you with that quiet space that you were creating. Is that right? And you know what? Everything you're saying resonates, but I didn't even know that's what was happening. Yeah, you never see it quite that way in the time. No, in the time, right? It's looking back. It's like, ah. So maybe there's somebody that's listening today, and they're wondering if they're in a time like that, too, where maybe they have to put some things on hold. Mm -hmm. How, How did that feel back then? How did you know that that was what you were in? I didn't. Okay. I really, truth be told, I didn't. But I look back now, and it's yeah. what you're saying. Like, ah, yeah. oh, I think I think God it's has like, to take away. Yeah, it's things. like Kierkegaard said: life is lived forward and understood in reverse. Mm, right. There so you now go. You're, you're understanding a Absolutely. little bit more in reverse what happened. But. And I can even remember in that season, I did have to keep one commitment where I was speaking at this women's event, and someone came up and and gave me her card and said, "Hey, do you speak at women's retreats?" And I said. 
Well, had you asked me a couple months ago, I might have been able to say yes. But I told her the story and I said, I'm not free to take anything. And I don't know if it'll be forever or if it's just for right now. So you, when you were told by, by your experience in, yeah. in worship here, when you, the impression you got from God was, let's put all this stuff on hold, it wasn't like he gave you something to do right then. Correct. So first step of obedience is, are you willing to just yeah. do what I said? Just right? do it, yeah. And then you came up, up on the ABBA project. That was what you were transitioning to as a consequence of that, right? Absolutely. So now to the story. Welcome yeah. to Venus, right? There's yeah. always the scenic route to get to the question. So... <laughs> It was a a day like any other day in December, where I think a lot of us open the book of Luke and read the beginning couple chapters and Matthew about Uh the birth of Jesus. And I was reading in Luke 1, verse 17, about how Zechariah was told that his yet-to-be-born son, John, would turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And I, clear as a bell, just heard the Father's voice through the Holy Spirit say, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. I was like, What? Like, I knew it wasn't me talking to myself because... Yeah, that was too odd for it, that It to was come so me, right? odd. I'm going, what? And then two days later, out of the blue, blow-drying my hair, getting ready for my workday, heard just the name, the Abba Project. Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic, mm-hmm. and men love a project. Couldn't have come more out of left field mm-hmm. if you'd scripted it. And it was so strong in my spirit. Like, wow, I have no idea what this means. I have no idea what to do with this. But I know I just got an assignment. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm on assignment. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so, so, so that type A excitement kicked in again. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the assignments God gives us are so geared to how he's wired us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's those different personalities. They all have four, any sure. personality profile. Oh, yeah, if, if and it's more than four, you can't keep track Exactly, anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, Do you and, know all the strength finders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I look at those wirings, and I think God knows me enough that... I like to, you know, I'm a firstborn. Like I said, I like to be in control. I like to lead. It kind of comes naturally. And so he purposely does things with me where I'm not in control, Mm -hmm. where I don't know what's ahead. Mm -hmm. Because then I I so love Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by might or by power, Mm -hmm. but by God's spirit. Mm -hmm. Another thing, and I'm going to tie something you just told me in April. I was at a writer's conference and took a break in the morning, first morning, and I was going to network. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. It doesn't feel schmoozy to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get to make a new friend and right. we're going to find out what we have in common. And mm-hmm. Very I, Venusian thing, by very the way. Very Venusian. There you go. <laughs> For those that don't know what we're talking about, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> yes. very <laughs> John Venus- Gray, right? Yeah, there you go. Very <laughs> Venusian. And that morning, I took a quick break and I heard again God say I want to blow you away with the doors I open for you, mm. not the doors you open for mm-hmm. you. And so I did not network one time the entire conference, but I watched things happen and it made me fall more in love with him. I'm mm-hmm. like, you did that because you want to catch me by surprise instead of I'm out there strategically planning my life. Mm-hmm. But I think we're robbed then of being surprised by God. Yeah. That's good. You know, so That's back good. to about what's next. Yeah. I'm like, man, pull back on the throttle. Like, like enjoy the scenery because he's always up to something. The trying God is always up to something. So back to the story. So in January then of 2010, right after Christmas, I emailed 11 dads whose daughters at the time, they were either in their teen years or their 20s. And I said, would you want to join me once a month for six months and see if there's a change in you, your daughter, or your relationship. And 10 of the 11 guys said, we're in. Mm. And we ended up going a year, that first group. Mm-hmm. The other thing I do like to add is my one holdout guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did my second group. 
<laughs> and I always help them tell why they're there. And he, he's the one that goes, well, you made me. <laughs> and now I'm on my seventh group. Right. And this is all without marketing. What's that movie? If you build it, they will come. The Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. But I really think, like, if God builds it, they will come. I'm not going to lie. It really is. It has been a bit terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's a bit how I felt at this conference. It's one thing to think about walking into a room with that many men, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to actually feel it. It's like, whoa, I, this is a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah, just a little context to this. I met Michelle because she <laughs> came to the National Coalition of Ministries to Men conference. So as you could probably tell, it was supercharged and loaded with guys. Yeah. Michelle and one other woman yes. <laughs> were, were in the crowd, and so feeling perhaps a little intimidated yes, by that. Yes, absolutely. And that <laughs> is very akin to how I felt with the first few ABBA projects. Again, well, I can fake it, but it I felt, had, felt it. It probably was what you were feeling when you were blow drying your hair when you heard what the, what the assignment was. Wait right. a minute, you want me to go there? Exactly. I don't feel equipped and called and, and necessarily no. ready for that. No, I would disqualify myself if he'd asked me, right. do you want to do this? I would say, no. You know, let's rewind backwards mm-hmm. following Kierkegaard's mm-hmm. advice. You know? okay. So like you're looking back and forward looking, you would have said you're disqualified. But mm-hmm. when you look back... Can you see the threads of the things that you were working on that fit with what you're talking about, all the research you're doing? and Yes. Yeah, so talk about how that ties into what you're now communicating to dads about their daughters. Well, one thing is that when I went back to school to get my doctorate, it was one day sitting in a parking lot after I had met with a staff at a local hospital in their eating disorder clinic. I was advocating for one of my clients Mm -hmm. who was in their program. I met with a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and a guy that had actually been in my master's program at the time, and they wouldn't listen to me. And I walked out and I went, I've got to get more letters after my name. Hmm. My clients say, do I like you and do you do good work? They don't care the, the letters or the numbers or whatever. But in the field, those letters matter. Okay, so in my thought, that's why I went to school, was I'm going to get this degree. So I went back in 2003 finished in 2007 and did that piece of my work. So then you're doing the math. That was mm-hmm. 2007. So mm-hmm. now 2009, I get the download mm-hmm. from God to do the mm-hmm. ABBA project. Right. You know what men in my groups have said? You're the one with the letters after your name. Mm-hmm. Tell us, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay. I never knew I was going to do this. I had no idea that degree would give me more credibility sure. with men. Right. I now go, wow, God knew what he was up to even then. And I saw it as a focus on eating disorder, you know, intervention and advocating, and it was something totally different, you know, so those kinds of things. Yeah. So now you're on this path, you're feeling pretty good about how the pieces have come together, can tell you're very excited about it. (laughs) You gave a terrific presentation. I can see how winsome you are for guys that are trying to figure out what just happened to this girl in Mm -hmm. my life or girls in my family that they used to jump up and down when daddy came home and now I'm a piece of meat or, you know, worse, Yeah, you know, I'm the evil dude there. And you help guys navigate a path through that and, and reach into what's going on. Mm -hmm. You said 13 to 30, right? That's your focus. And there's, that's a huge transitionary time for Mm -hmm. women especially so. And, and well, and I have three sons and a daughter, so mm-hmm. the hormonal changes on the guys too are also yeah. wacky during that period of time. Yeah. But when you put all this material together and you're helping guys do that, you, you had this season, right? Probably, I'm guessing, during some of this preparation time where you're still questioning whether that 
charge was the charge. I'm guessing. I'm you just mean wondering. whether the charge was from God? Can you be successful at oh, it? Will mm-hmm. it work? Talk about when you go down that path, what were some of the things that you were thinking in the early days mm-hmm. of 2010 mm-hmm. when you were putting this together? Because our listeners might be in that same kind of boat. They might be in that place where they're, mm-hmm. oh, they're I'm getting ready to start off on this new direction. I'm not changing everything in my life yeah. because you kept your counseling practice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You still are were doing the worship stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you made margin now yeah. to pursue something new. Mm-hmm. And what was it like for you, even as you were trying to do that? And some of the things that you were challenged with or thinking about and trying to overcome during that time? Okay. Again, this is such a great conversation because I haven't really thought it through. I've just kind of gone, you know, <laughs> guns blazing forward. Right. But looking back, it's almost like, here's what I would tell me Mm-hmm. Even yeah, five, the advice you give ago. yourself, yeah, yeah, from this perspective, That's great. Great. I would say, Michelle, don't overthink it. Oh, good. You know, it's even this whole thing about God giving me the original assignment about turning the hearts of fathers. Mm-hmm. You notice God didn't say turn the heads. Mm. It's quite a unique phrase. Mm. We as daughters need our dad's heads, mm-hmm. but God didn't say turn the heads because it's natural for men. That's good. But he said, turn the heart. And I think a lot of men go, what does that mean, really? Yeah, that gets into that stuff I don't know how to navigate. And that's why I write a Dad Daughter Friday blog. Like last Friday, I called it Heart Turns Yield Great Returns, mm-hmm. an investment strategy for dads of daughters. So I'm think, like thinking, okay, how do men think? When I started out this, I had no idea really honestly how men thought. Mm-hmm. But it's like this mantle. So the whole thing about, even for me in leading this, is God wants me to not worry about turning my head. Mm -hmm. Wait, what's out there? And what are other people saying it should look like? And it's just I got to keep my heart turned to him, Mm -hmm. even leading this. Mm -hmm. And so every month, I had no idea what the next month would be. So I can still remember that month three, I ended up doing it on mouths and a lot of how we speak to you know our daughters and how they do yeah. and making amends for things that have been spoken that have hurt and things mm-hmm. that have been well then the next month I'm just asking listening mm-hmm. you know for a download of what wonder what this month and it was ears mm-hmm. I'm like oh okay so we did it on active listening reflective listening teaching these men how to mm-hmm. do some of the things that don't come as natural for them right and then the next month I ended up Again, I wasn't thinking this ahead of time. It was eyes. Mm-hmm. How do you see her? Which some of the messages on mirrors right. topic was birthed out of that. Right. And always thinking, okay, what are phrases out there? The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. And eyes are the window to the soul. Like I would think of phrases or movies and write these one page or two page things and going, how can I more creatively bring a topic to understanding for men? Yeah. And so I can remember on that third month, one of the dads said, like, did you have this all laid out? And I go, no, (laughs) I had no idea. But then I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it said you earlier. You said the advice you give yourself of rewinding five years is not to overthink it. Yep. But don't it sounds, stay in your head. It sounds like as you're describing it, you weren't overthinking it. It sounds like the way you describe it was very much. I'm going to deal with the daily bread that I have. Yep. I'm going to take the next step that I have going mm-hmm. forward. What were some of the pitfalls that you had as you were making that early transition thing, that mm. early time of transition for somebody who might be listening and is trying to figure out, I'm going to make some space for this because I really feel God's calling me to do this. Yeah. What are some of the common things that I might run into? Well, I think one of the things is any of us would disqualify ourselves for most of the things we either 
have a passion for or a desire for, we sense God nudging us to do. And I'm like, well, let's line up with half the people in the Bible. To me, most of them seem, if God would have asked our opinion, I would go, oh, I don't think I'd go with Jonah. Nah, I would probably not go with Paul. Yeah, did you look around when you started to think about, okay, the ABBA project and this is what we're going to do? Did you start to look around then to see who else is doing that sort of thing and kind of take a cue on what you should do or no. oh see I think that that's really good. <laughs> and and part of it is because as an artist, you know I'm a musician, I I paint right. like that right brain dominant right. holes on the left side kind of wiring is that I can be overly sensitive uh-huh. to comparison or criticism or those kinds of things. God is giving me more of a thicker skin because yeah. I know that's really helpful, iron sharpening iron kind of stuff. I right. mean, I've even had someone speaking in my life here. Yeah, I had yeah, a man yeah. do that. But um, really, I didn't look at a lot of what was out there because it gets me off course. Yeah. And then it's easy to size myself up accordingly. Well, I was asking that because the way you framed that earlier, which is it's easy to diminish your own value, right? Absolutely. And one of the quickest ways to do that, of course, is to take inventory of everybody that's doing something that you're doing and then go, well, I guess I'm not needed. Yeah. They're doing it better. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. They're doing I'm it so much needed. better. Yeah. I'm not needed because what what have I got to bring to the table? But it really then diminishes the very thing that they can't do it the way you would yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, I've even in the past couple months especially, I went to the School of Theology for a week, a lot on Trinitarian theology, and I've been newly awakened, really honestly, in the beauty of the partnership that the Trinity has with us, that there's so many things they could have done without us. Yeah. I mean, kind of everything except yeah, for Jesus. Yeah. But even then he partnered with a woman right. to bring Jesus into the world. Like yeah. God has a history of partnering with broken people mm-hmm. that come hungry for him to show up in our brokenness so that he shines out the cracks. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard the quote, I can't even remember what it was, but like there's no telling what God can do with someone who won't share the glory. Mm. And, That's great. And I have continued to say, God, don't let me get in the way. Like I even, I had the privilege of having a group of men last night lay hands on me mm. and pray after my talk. Mm. I mean, I'm weeping, mm. you know, these just amazing prayers over God doing something with me in this ministry. Mm. And just to sit there and I told them that early on, because I have a prayer team of about 50 to 60 people around mm-hmm. the world that mm-hmm. pray every month that I have the ABBA project, because mm-hmm. I'm so aware that this isn't the Michelle show. Mm-hmm. This is this is God's show, and I'm helping dads become heroes. This yeah. is, I want to be in the background. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine that was on my prayer team early on had said, hey, I'm praying for ABBA's project. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> as I'm typing to say, oh, honey, it's actually the ABBA project. I want you to no, get the she name. She knew what she was saying, right? I don't know that she did. Oh, okay. No, she didn't know the name. Yeah, oh, She had gotcha. misspoken. I gotcha. And I, but it was actually very good. Clear as a bell. Yeah. Heard God say, this is my project. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I've never forgotten it because there's been right. a lot of twists and turns right. with stuff going sideways with the book or with opportunities. And it's so freeing because it releases yes. you from feeling all this anxiety that you have for it. Yeah. Well, this is the podcast about what's next in life, Michelle. Yeah. So I can't get, let you get out of here without <laughs> answering the question for you. Okay. What's next in your life? Well, again, being that lion otter, I've got more <laughs> things than I have time for. I, I have written a short little book. I need to come up with a different way to say it, but I call it a children's book for dads. Okay. I'm going to call it maybe a storybook. My dad thought it might be a better way. But one concept in the book uh-huh. for men, and it has okay. to do with legacy. Oh, good. Because again, I polled a lot of men when I wrote my book that said, you know, like, 
get to the point already, make us feel like we've accomplished something. So I have really short chapters, like four yeah. page, and men are like, I just read three and, yeah. you know, bullet points and give us right. stats and just, you know, but one of those things, the number one was get to the point already. Like, mm-hmm. don't put too many words. Yeah. And so back bottom to bottom line for dads. right? And you know what? Back to the thing. This is what I want to say to someone listening mm-hmm. is truth be told. I compare myself to other people that are like, I'm reading a book right now called a million little ways. And I'm like, Oh, she's such an amazing writer, and uh-huh. those sentences are poetic. Right. That isn't me. Right. I look at my little short, stubby chapters <laughs> and go, but God knew with my little complex PTSD history right. that I can't sustain attention very long either. Right. He wired me yeah, to for be able to this. For speak into that. That's so awesome. again, we can all go, oh, but I'm not like her. And I got to tell you one other thing, because this yeah. is really powerful. Good. In that book, I just read a quote where she said, I watched the Grammys one night. And she didn't name the band, but it sounds like it was one that was out there for a while. So let's just say it was Steven Tyler or something that she interviewed. And she said, what do you attribute your longevity to? And they said, we never have stopped chasing our craziest ideas. Yeah, it's great. And when you say what's next, this has been in my spirit for a week. Like one of my craziest ideas, even though people are going, you don't think men are going to buy a children's book. I'm like, I don't care. That's the download I got. Mm -hmm. It's one concept and it has pictures. And they told me to get to the point. So... Just trust me. Hmm. So that's one idea. Then another thing, I did some filming that I started about a year and a half ago with dads, with daughters. So took them into Central Oregon for three days, got tons of footage. Then I did like eight men in my home where we kind of opened up dialogue and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. tears were shed talking about pornography. And I mean, one dad on on the floor just sobbing as his daughter was taken away to a treatment facility and patient. And here's these men that don't even know each other opening up in really powerful, awesome ways and just helping to facilitate that. Long story short, I got all the filming done because my what's next is I want to do a reality show, Mm. television show, because I go, most men tell me they don't read books and most men won't do my group. Yes, I'm still looking at replication, Mm -hmm. like videos and curriculum. That's where I'm asking God to bring people that will partner because that's not my skill set and it exhausts me to think about all that. But... With this idea, when I read that book, which it was just about a week and a half ago, about that sentence about our craziest ideas I wrote in the margin, that's my idea that won't die. Mm. God gave it to me about five years ago. Is that's how I can reach the homes of men and the hearts of men is through television. Mm. And if they can watch other dads that are broken, that are blowing it, but make amends and banding together as a band of brothers and mm-hmm. I get to get in the gnarly stuff with them. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, yeah, these are my serious. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know it's a crazy idea, yeah. but I would say to everybody inside, make a list of all your crazy ideas and say, God birthed this in me. You will carry it to completion, right? That's Philippians great. one, six, don't fight with the almighty. Yeah. He's got something up his sleeve always for every one of his children. What do we read? That he loves, the father loves giving good gifts to his children. And sometimes we look and go, that's not a very good gift. That looked like it closed or bombed or whatever. I'm like, no, he's a good God. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 119.68. Nine words, you are good and what you do is good. Hmm. And so that's been a real healing verse where I've gone, man, some of the stuff I've been through that's, that's really been gnarly. It hasn't been good. But I've seen, honestly, that he's woven together these things and that now because of some of the intensity of my experiences and God meeting me in those depths, I seem to be able to sit with men in, in pretty intense conversations and hold it, mm. you know? So 
God does work it all together for good, and I'm so just grateful for this time to talk about it yeah. and to be able to do this. With well, dads. I'm grateful that you were uh, on the podcast to share your enthusiasm for Thank this you, as well. Mary. It's just uh, terrific. I, I know we could go on <laughs> forever, but we are out of time. Yeah. But Michelle, thanks for being uh, with us. Uh, how can people that might want to learn more about what you're doing in the ABBA project, how can they find you? Yeah, they can just go to my website, which is just drmichellewatson.com, D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, watson.com. All right. And we'll have that in the show notes as okay. well. But again, Michelle, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Well, Armin, this is what you have to look forward to. And <laughs> Ada is how old now? Uh, six months. Yeah. Going on 14. <laughs> going on 14 months or 14 <laughs> years. Yeah. <you> know, <laughs> Well, you know, she's really done a lot of work in such a short period of time. Yeah. And you know what I really loved about what she said? Not only I love the ministry because I really remember as a dad of a teenager daughter that was going through a lot of this stuff. And I, I could use the resources she's putting together. Yeah. And we'll have the links and everything in our show notes here. But you know what I really loved about what she said is that sense of there's this providence that nothing in your life is wasted. You may wonder why you're doing things and why stuff has happened, but when you get down the road, things start to bolt together. And I love how she just said, you know, I really felt unqualified stepping out in the stuff that she's stepping right. out in. Yeah, it's something that I could just see how it might have just lit a fire under your feet a little bit. But actually, what I'm curious about the most is you have an adult daughter, mm -hmm. and I'm sure this is something you you love your kids more than you know most people I know, but. How, how What was your greatest takeaway? I mean, how did you feel after having this interview with her? Well, you know, the interview was really more about her journey. I had the privilege of actually hearing how she presents what she's presenting, so I yeah. had a little bit more context. And I couldn't be more thrilled. What I really do enjoy is how she is able to kind of speak Martian. <laughs> you know, she's able to speak <laughs> words that guys can understand because sure. she's done all this research. Yeah. And, you know, she's pretty articulate, and as you could probably tell. And I think she gets something about how guys' brains are wired and is able to come alongside them knowing that they're handicapped in some ways and understanding how a woman thinks. You know, yeah. it's like, aren't we all? We marry one of these ladies and we're just still trying to figure things out. After 35 years, I still try to figure things out. Yeah. But when you have your daughter and they move from this, you know, you can't do anything wrong to this shift of hormones, you're trying to figure like everything changes yeah. and she's trying to help fathers navigate that and make sure their hearts stay engaged with it. Yeah. And I just think that's a very noble cause. And I love the way the story unfolds about how she got to that because mm -hmm. it wasn't something that she set out to do. No. Which is back to our whole point, you know, back, and I mentioned to her in the interview back to episode one, you know, yeah. what do I want to do with my life? You know, that's an everyday exploration. Yeah, it's a question you should never stop asking. Exactly right. Yeah, and, I, and what was cool about the process is it almost felt like God took things away from her. That, yes. You know, and that was kind of the feeling of it. And then it went into this whole, like, nope, I got something else for you. Yeah. And I think giving time for margin to set in is yeah. really vital. And I think that's a key lesson here for me and takeaway just to say, taking time to allow something to come out of your life is making room for something even better to come in. Yeah. And we might grieve the loss of something, you know, no, you're supposed to stop doing that. Yeah. You know, it was actually interesting if anybody gets a chance to. I was just on her website. It's actually cool to see what the fathers have to say and their takeaways from having spending time with their they, it, the, just their little bullet pointed takeaways. I was kind of blown away at that. Ah, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that as a father, not yet. Well, we're, we're going to have the link to her website here in the show notes: reinventure.me/slash 
888-789-9292. And if you want to leave a comment for Dr. Watson or Armin or I, we just listening in, you know, just taking part of that. <laughs> but we'd love to have a, a comment or a question. Uh, leave it on our Facebook page or on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 92 or call our show line at 612-314-5447. So we're going to wrap this up, but we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 